0: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a business executive for Run, Tell That Productions, Mr. Sean Lampkin. Thank you for joining. How you doing? Man, I'm doing good. How you doing? Pretty good. Hanging in there. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm happy to to finally get you on the podcast, man. We've been trying to do this for, I I don't know, two, three years now. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. You know, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start with something interesting <laughs> that I, I think, man, you talked about. But I'm gonna just talk about it with the listeners, man. I rem- it's, like, it's so ironic we having this conversation now. But at one point, I was actually scared to call you. <laughs> Why were you scared? Well, so remember, before before I moved to California, um, you know, man, you hadn't talked for years. Mm-hmm. And I just was, um, you know, I was like, man, he family, but I, you know, I was moving to California trying to, you know, network with as many people as I could. And then I was like, well, you know, my cousin out there, but I haven't talked to him for years. And I was like, man, I don't even know if he going to pick up the phone if I call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: I'm, I'm definitely not the Hollywood type, but I, uh. You know, with my family, most of my family, I always, with it, with my family reach out, I always try to get back and, you know, and communicate I think family's just important.
0: Yeah, and, and and to your credit, like, you picked up, man, you talked, we talked, man, I don't think we talked for about an hour.
1: Yeah, and we're talking almost every, every week, ever since.
0: <laughs> I know, and it's just crazy like, you know, thank God that that you know me going to California ended up leading to this relationship. Where we, I talked to you more pretty much more than I talked to anybody else.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think we similar, like in the sense, in some sense too. We both got the same bloodline, of course, but we we do have a lot of similarities. Also, family values and and how we look at stuff and all that.
0: So let's talk about it. How first of all, let's tell the listeners how did you end up. Moving to LA.
1: Well, I grew up with Martin. Me and Martin uh are childhood best friends and and uh you know of course he came out, he he started establishing himself and and I was going through some things in the streets of DC and and I wanted to get away, so I called him and uh the first time I called him, he actually told me to come out and I met uh this girl like a week later. And end up having a kid by her. So I ended up staying for another four or five years. And then when that started going south, I I called him again and he told me come on again. And I just and I left within two weeks.
0: Oh, so when so when you first went out there initially, it wasn't your plan to stay.
1: Yeah, it was my plan to stay, it was to get away. It was uh I was trying to get away um, but but because of the relationship, I didn't go the first time. So the second time, I knew I was gone. I knew I wasn't. I knew I was going. I wasn't coming back. I knew I was. I was headed to California to try to live and try to create a lifestyle for myself.
0: When you said you said the first time you didn't leave, yeah, because because I met I met my kids' mom. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So you didn't want to you didn't want to leave the area. Yeah, what what also made you say? You know what? I'm gonna just go ahead and leave. Well, I, you know, I was, I was, I was in the streets in
1: Washington, DC. I was, uh, I was doing things and I, I just didn't feel comfortable about it. I felt like the streets were closing in on I me. Mean, I felt like something was going to happen. Uh, uh, whereas though I was going to end up being, being locked up or being, or uh, maybe even worse. So, you know, I just had a bad feeling about the area. So I just wanted to get away. while. I just wanted to get out, wanted to get away. And, uh, and thank God he had, you know, he had an opportunity for me to come out and live with him.
0: Was you was you scared about moving out? Were you nervous or anything? I grew up in the streets of Washington, DC. I ain't never scared. <laughs> <laughs> only, you know, the only reason I asked is because just, you know, it's so far away from home and it's just like a, it's a different culture. So I was just wondering how that worked. Yeah, I wasn't
1: nervous at all, man. I was so fed up about where I was at and what I was doing. You know, I uh I just was ready, man. You know, when I think when you're ready, can't nothing hold you back, especially when you make your mind up about something. If you make your mind up to do something, you just kind of do it because your mind is made up and you don't you don't really take no for an
0: answer, you just do it. What were when you when you initially got there, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced? Uh well, because I
1: had already had kids, uh, the kids were, were the biggest challenges because, uh, you know, I had to make time to go back and spend time with the kids and always going back. And then I was homesick a little bit. Um, I didn't really get California. The weather was beautiful and it was nice, but I didn't really know anybody outside of my best friend. So when he, you know, when he was doing things with his relationships or whatever his life was, sometime I felt a little alienated. But, uh, as time went on, and and my kids started to grow, I, I I found my comfortability. How how long you think it took? It took about a year, a year and a half, maybe. But um, after that, I was I was I wasn't going back east as much. And then every time I went back east, it it, it, it was like the same old things, the same old things. But once I saw my kids, and saw my mom, you know. It, it was like, okay, why am I here? I, you know, dudes, I was saying, with, well, they still doing some of the stuff they doing. I don't want to be in those environments. And so, you know, once I seen my kids, my mom, I was ready to come back to California, which is home now.
0: Okay. what I want to to transition to uh, martial arts because that's what you're truly passionate about and that's what you love. How old were you when you first started? Well,
1: I started... Uh, the first time someone tried to train me, I was about maybe eight or nine. But uh it wasn't it wasn't a school where you paid for, it It was just like one-on-one training. And so, you know, I used to watch those little channel those little martial art movies on channel 20 back in the day. And I just, in my mind, I just knew I had a black belt. I knew I knew martial art, but when I really started officially at a of school, I was around 23, 23 to 24. And I realized I didn't know I didn't know nothing about
0: martial art. You said you realized you said you realized you didn't know anything about it.
1: Yeah, because watching those Channel Twenty movies when you
0: grow up, I mean,
1: just coming out of the theater, I just thought I automatically was a black belt. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had already made it. You couldn't tell me I wasn't a martial artist. <laughs> <laughs> I was running around telling people I know martial art. I ain't know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I
0: hope you went out there trying it on nobody. <laughs> oh no.
1: I was sterile though. I was you know, I was serious. If you crossed me, I was I was gonna do my best to poke your eye out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, that's not Martial Arts, that's that Krav Mega, whatever that is. <laughs> I think it's a death, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what what would you say the biggest thing martial Arts has taught you?
1: Man, martial arts saved my life, actually. Because, uh, like I said, you know, growing up in the streets of DC, I was already trying to find something different to do to keep me from going around the neighborhood and and being in old red light districts that that wasn't really that was, that's too much stuff was happening there. So I started uh, studying the art there in Bethesda, Maryland, and so that kind of got me out of the you know the mindset of. Uh, of hustling and being in the streets most of the time, but I still found myself going in those neighborhoods. And so, but what it did was it gave me a different outlet and something different to do that was totally, that nobody else was doing. Um, it was something that was totally my own. And it, uh, it it saved my life. It it gave me the thought process to to move on and move forward and move out of DC.
0: Mm. So it sounds more. So it sounds like martial arts more had a more mental impact than physical.
1: Of course, because I had martial art is a is a way of life. It's a it's something that makes you search inside of self first of all. And I had to dig inside and realize that you know that I was angry. I had I had childhood anger issues that I didn't I never dealt with, and that um, I need to put in some kind of perspective. And 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 that's that's what I mean by I saved my life. It made me identify who I was and, and who I needed to be also.
0: When it made you, when when you had to take a hard look at yourself because of martial arts, did it ever make you, did it ever deter you or did it inspire you to do it even more?
1: It inspired me because when I first, when I, because it was a passion of mine since I was a kid, my mother couldn't afford to, to put me in it. Once I see how much it costs, I knew why my mother couldn't afford to put me in any kind of martial arts school. So when I got old enough to do it for myself, I did it for myself. And and then it inspired me more and more. When I first took up the commitment, I took on a lifetime commitment the very first time I took on the commitment. And I and I still to this day, I'm still I'm still at it. Uh, I've, I've gained my master's degree and uh and I still teach kids and, and adults and and I'm still very active in the community.
0: You mentioned teach, you, you said you, you teach kids, correct?
1: Kids and adults, yeah, any, anywhere from four up to 400.
0: For you personally, why is it important to teach? Say it again? For you personally, why is it important to teach martial arts?
1: Well, because a lot of the kids, a lot of the kids in martial arts, especially in California, don't come from the background that I come from. So I come from a tougher background. So I have a different grit about myself than a lot of these kids that grow up in two-parent households or who's just taking martial art because they don't have any confidence. People take uh, martial art for different reasons. You know, my reason was, you know, I had to find myself. But a lot of times when you when – you, as you study more and you find out more, you find out that a lot of kids go into martial art because they have no confidence. Of course, when they – by a year or so, they have more confidence – then the next man, which is great. And that's what martial art does for you. Um, but it's important to teach because, you know, I felt like, you know, as a, when I was a kid, I felt like nobody was really reaching me to help me get along and, and help me find my dreams and stuff. And so I, you know, I have a passion for kids and and what they're doing and and positive influence on them. And so, that's kind of my passion. My aunt, my aunt told me that years ago, she said, you have a way with kids. And, and I didn't really see that, but as my life developed, I saw it more, more clearly.
0: I want to back up a little bit because some interesting you said it was, um, martial arts made you realize that you had a lot of anger issues. Um, yeah. were there certain like techniques that you use to overcome these anger issues?
1: it wasn't necessarily technique It's a uh, martial art is a, is a, is a, you know, when they say masters of martial art, it don't make you no prolific fighter or you this bad person, or you can, you can do all these amazing things. What it does is it lets you know that you're a master of yourself. And so once you master yourself and understand what makes you tick, uh, what makes you angry, what makes you emotional, you, you can live a better productive life because you can block some of those things off now as they appear in your life. But it takes, the techniques are just the training and the, and the mental aspect of thinking about your training and what you have to do to get to the next level. Every level, every level there's a different training. So there's a different mental aspect to that next level, which makes you dig more inside of yourself than, than it does make you think about other situations.
0: Now you mentioned that you are a master, um, a martial arts. I want you to actually define what that entails. That means I have a,
1: a fourth degree or higher, uh, black belt in Taekwondo It's my, is, is the uh, exact martial art. But, um, my fourth degree entails that, you know, that that means I have a certain amount of years of training, uh, I'm in the Kukiwon, which is the Korean uh, database of all masters that come up uh, in the Taekwondo. You know, you know, this is the Olympic sport that they use. So everything is documented and you have to have those documents to proceed to get your masters and be recognized around the world. So I, I can take my documentation around the world and be recognized as a master with no problem.
0: I'm going to ask you a question that a lot of people may find interesting. Um, the term master, when, when, when people address you as such, how does it make you feel? Well, I'm humbled by the situation. It just,
1: you know, it, it lets me know that, you know, that I have to, you know, that I've, I've, I've first of all, I've worked hard to attain that. It's like a doctor. You, you know, the doctor feels a, a certain kind of proudness and humbleness when you call him doctor. But my master's is equivalent to a doctorate. And so that means when you when a, when a student or someone calls me that, it makes me feel like, okay, they need my assistance. They need, they need something from me that a uh, part of knowledge that I have that they're trying to attain that they're trying to understand for themselves. So it's, it's uh because I love it, it's easy for me to do what I have to do to give them the information that they need. And I feel humble about it because it's my passion. It's not, it's not something that I brag about or, you know, other than outside the studio, if you, know, if, if, if you don't know me, you wouldn't call me master. So, you know, so more, more times than none, most people don't hear nobody call me that but inside the studio or if you see if I run into a student in the street or somewhere and they may say, Hey, Hey, master Sean, or they may bow or whatever the case may be. And to the ordinary person, they wouldn't understand that because they don't understand that I'm in an art and a brotherhood that that that's a, that's a, you have to do that. That's what you have to do.
0: You started you started martial arts at the age of 23. Um, how long did it take you to get to the master level?
1: I got my master's uh, somewhere around my early early 40s because because you got to understand I was an adult when I started. So I still had life stuff I had to do. I still had to take care of kids. I still had to go to work every day. I, you know, my work involves travel, so sometimes I had to take off. I didn't test, I didn't test regular, uh, in my testing times because I I had to I had real life stuff I had to do. If I had started at a at an early age, like four or five years old, I probably would have had my master's by the time I was eighteen.
0: Wow. Hmm. Do you do you ever do you ever um look back and say, man, I wish I would have started early, or you felt like the timing was perfect?
1: Well, I, I I definitely wish I had started earlier. You know what I mean? Uh, but 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 the, but the time that I started was was appropriate for my life, and and what it did for me to help me push forward with my next level of life. So you know, it's the God's timing is the best timing. So that was the best timing for me.
0: I'm going to refer to something you told me when we was having a personal conversation offline. Um, you told me that one of the things you wanted to make sure was you never use your martial arts for bad. So I wanted you to discuss that more.
1: Right, yeah. Because I feel like, you know, to me, as I, as I took on this personal journey, you know, martial arts, like I said, is a way of life. So just like any religion, it has a spirituality to it and it has a dark side and it has a good side, you know. So I always felt like because I came out of the streets and all that stuff, if I kind of used uh that for that purpose that it wouldn't it wouldn't uh it wouldn't give me what I needed in life to really to be ahead and be positive and be and and, and you know and just be a better person so I always in my mind said I would never you know mix the two and i would and, and in fact I stopped doing one and just pursued the other and which was martial art and stayed positive and, and kept my mind around kids and teaching kids and, and making them better people and all those things. So I never really had to use it for a bad reason. You know, and my thing is, you know, uh Bruce Lees once said on uh, one of his movies, he said, uh he there's an art of fighting without fighting. And and that's that's when you're becoming a master, because if you're able to disarm people with your with your tone and your and your conversation, then you're truly winning. If you never have to put your hand on a person ever and never have to use it, then you've won. You know what I'm saying? But you know, people can say what they want to say, whether you walk away from a fight or if but if I don't have to hurt you or 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 put my hands on you in a way that that I have to protect myself, I feel great about life. I, you know, because having a master's degree is like, you know, I'm considered like if 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 i get into a fight with someone in the street and the and the police find out i have a masters degree in martial art if i'm not truly in self defense uh it can it can be considered a uh, assault with a deadly weapon because I'm, I'm i'm it's like i'm i'm a weapon i i know how to hurt people in in certain places that's going to that's going to cripple you or or take you out and make you feel a certain way which is going to give me an advantage to do more But if you don't have any discipline about it, then you know what I'm saying? Then you then you'll just be that kind of person. And I'm not that kind of person.
0: Mm. You've been doing you've been doing martial arts for over 30 years. Um, We mentioned how much you've grown it's helped you with your anger issues and just your overall development as a man. Have you ever taken the time to think about what your life would look like if you never studied martial arts?
1: Well, you know, i I would hate to I would hate to think that. Like I said, it goes back to when I felt like the walls and the doors were closing in 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 D C, and I felt like, um, I felt like, you know, I already saw what that road and that path was, and I just needed to get off that path. And so once I got off that path, I never really looked back. I never really thought about it. I I, I understand truly that that if I hadn't done different things in life that my life could have definitely been different. Like I said earlier in the podcast that, Hey, I could have been locked up or, or even worse. You know what I mean? So, so I, I understood the ramifications of, of, of not going backwards and always pushing forward.
0: Okay. Let's transition to um, your role as a business executive for run, productions um productions. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that. Like what does your day to day look like?
1: Well, my day to day is an office. It's, I'm in the office and, and, you know, and it's like, it's like a military thing. It's like you're in the office until you called up to go do something. And so when we get a TV show or a movie, then, um, then I'm, I'm, I'm in deep with Martin and production. And, and we're going over scripts and we're going, we're breaking that down and we are finding out what we need to do. And then we may be on location. We may be in a different state for, uh, two to three months where I have to uproot my life and go there and live and, and survive for that period of time and, and complete the project. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's, 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 it's a fun. It's a different lifestyle. It's uh, something that I definitely didn't see myself doing, but you know, God had these plans for me. I, it's not something that I, that I sought out to be, even though, as I look back on it, he was preparing me in certain ways because I took photography in school. I took art in school, you know, all these things are things that I'm able to apply to the business that I'm in now, you know what I'm saying? And so within that, I was able to be on TV and do certain little roles and, and things that I can leave for my kids and say, Hey, my dad did this or that, you know, where they can feel proud of me and all those things. But, um, but it's a regular job. I have to work hard just like the next man. You know, I have I have my struggles and you know and my frustrations with with it, just like you know, anybody else have with their own job.
0: Yeah. And and you mentioned you were just saying um within that sentence, you were talking about having small roles, but one of the small roles you had, and I'm not even gonna say it was a small role, I think it was a significant role. Um, you played Nipsey on Martin, which was easily one of the most impactful shows of our generation. So now that you've had, the show is about to turn 30 years old this year, so you've got plenty of time to look back. So knowing that, how, how does that make you feel being a part of one of the greatest shows in the history of television?
1: You know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird dynamic because from the outside looking in, I can see that the show Martin – uh, is dynamic. It's impactful. I don't really, I don't really take credit for the impact of that because Martin himself is such a huge persona. Um, I, I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to, to work behind the scenes, and and I know my contribution behind the scenes, and and all the and all those things, which is more than me being on TV, because uh, I got more. You know, like I said, when I'm not on the camera, I'm working behind the scenes, and you know, I was a stage manager, also a personal assistant to Martin. Uh, and and my thing is, I'm a survivor. I you know, I do whatever I have to. Do. If I have to drive, I drive. If I have to go pick up orange juice from the coffee stand, I don't do that. I'm 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 I was determined when I left DC that I was not going back. I was going to make something of myself. But the show, like, but like getting back to what you said, the show is so impactful. It's uh, three years in. We just finished a, uh, a, a anniversary show, which will come out in the summertime, and uh, it's going to be a great show. And and it was like a closure for us also because, you know, um, we got a chance to get everybody back together. Of course, Tommy Tommy Ford wasn't there, and who was such a, a monumental piece of the show. But we got a chance to to do a memorial billia about him and and put that whole the show and him to rest at the same time and in a way where we can move on with our life.
0: Something you talked about early, also, um, what your what your uh what your role is the business that just traveling around the world. So that didn't, I'm sure you've been to places you've seen so much. So because of all the places you've been and the traveling you've done, how's that impacted your perspective? Hey man, I'm I'm super humbled. I'm I'm like
1: you know, when I look at my family, my immediate family, and I and I see what God has done for me, and and the, all the five star restaurants, and the five star hotels, and the private jets, and the and the and the travel, and the places that I've seen with my if my eyes can rewind, the things that God has shown me, it will overwhelm anybody. So so I'm super I'm super humbled about that, and I'm gracious because. I know everybody don't get an opportunity to do it. I do know that. And so, you know, that's what keeps me humble. It's, it's like, you know, you know, God has shown some grace and mercy in my life. And I'm thankful about that.
0: You have some projects yourself um, that you're working on and, and, and you, I don't know if you want to talk about it. If not, that's fine. But um, I just want to talk about the creative process. Like, did you help write it? Was this your first time um, writing for a show?
1: I got some I got some things, uh, you know, first of all, you know, like all of Martin's stand up, I'm part of the creativity on the stand up, uh, the, the concert films. I've, I've been part of all that. I got some associate producer credits on some of the films uh, uh, out there that, if you know, if you go back and research, you'll see those things. And and then also uh, that has escalated me into a level now where I'm at a producer's level. Whereas, whereas though I'm, I have my, I have more influence and I'm in bigger meetings because, uh, because I have kind of my track record is kind of like my next level, you know what I'm saying? And um, and so I'm, I am doing some things now that that haven't come out yet, but that's still in the production. I don't want to talk about it too much, in, you know, in case it don't happen, you know, of course, of course. But I'm, I'm, I'm real positive about it because this is the way Hollywood works. You know, what I mean, Hollywood is a. a hurry up way kind of business. So, this <laughs> project I've been doing, this we've been over, I'm going on a little, because of COVID, it set us back. I'm on the, like, third, almost fourth year of trying to get it pro- produced. But I'm at the level where I'm talking to the heads of uh, Paramount and they're, and they're at the brink of greenlighting it. So, the process is not in vain. My thing is if, if nobody tells you no and it, it gives you opportunity to keep pushing forward, and they keep on saying, okay, we're interested, we're interested. Then I'm going to follow that until you tell me no. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep pushing for steam ahead. I'm not going to let time or being impatient, I'm not going to let that deter me from my dreams and my goals to push forward and do something creative.
0: How do you, I mean, man? That's tough because you know you you put so much work into it. You put so much effort for you personally. How do you remain patient? Martial art, martial art.
1: <laughs> martial art showed me every every aspect of life. I have five kids. I got two grandkids. I I, I mean, if I don't if I don't have any patience, I can't raise kids. I if I don't have any patience, I can't I can't I can make rash decisions that can affect my life. So you know. You know, finding patience is just like it's like finding God almost it's like you know you have to you have to know what that really means in your life and know how to apply it to get the best out of it and I'm getting the best out of it because I see it now I, I really see what patience does
0: yeah I mean it's man I'm, that's something that I have patience but it's just something that I'm man it, it's yeah. something that I'm also working on this way <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm, I, I'm still working on it and I always tell myself, you know, hey, slow down, be patient, take your time, you know, don't rush. You know, there's no need to rush. Time is moving all by itself. You don't have to try to fast forward time or or do something in the, in the nick of time. All you got to do is take the time. If I have to go down the street, open the mailbox, close the mailbox, uh, walk back, stop at the store. I'm going to do everything in a patient way where I'm not rushing myself. I'm not going to get up. I'm going to get up early enough to do the things I need to do to get to my next place of destination on time and have enough time to, to, to check my emails, check my phone, or make a, a phone call, a personal call, or whatever. I'm going to always give myself the time to do these things because that helps with my patience. If you're not sped up, life can speed you up. It's like a, it's like, it's like a fourth quarter shot. Uh, it's, the, it's the last seconds of a quarter. You're down by a certain amount of points, and you need this shot to win. But if you let time speed you up, you're going to miss that shot. But if you're patient and you're in the moment, you can see this. You can see the bucket big as ever and you're going to knock it down because you're confident and you practice it. Mm.
0: You've been in L.A. for over 30 years now. So this is a question that I feel comfortable asking you. Um, back in the day, you know, it felt like you had to come to L.A. if you wanted to be a star. It was like that was the land of opportunity, the land of big dreams. But now we have social media where you can pretty much, you could pretty much be in everyone's living room with the push of a button. So saying all that, do you think it's still important to go to Hollywood to become a star?
1: Well, New York, New York and and LA are the two outlets of, uh, of the film industry. And, and you're not, there's certain levels. uh, um, YouTube and and social media is a level of entertainment, but it's not the highest level. You know, to make it to the highest level, you definitely have to step outside your comfort zone. You're not going to do it in, in 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 Albuquerque. You're not going to do it in Kentucky. You're not going to do it in in some of these rural places. You have to step outside your comfort zone.
0: Hmm. I kind of want to push back on that. So why do you think you can't do it in those places?
1: Because though, because and I and I love pushback. Just so you know, I, I am a lampkin. I love pushback. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, what, I, what I have to say about that is that because if you, if, if you research even where you live at and ask yourself how many film studios are there, how many, how many sound stages are there, how many film crews are there, how many people have production offices that produce movies that are there, you're going to find out that you don't have these things ready available to you. You know what I'm saying? So in California and New York, it's ready available because that's where the industries are.
0: Okay, I mean, yeah. Okay, so on a big on a big scale, yes, but just just okay. the initial process, just like yeah. getting started, because well, we all got a starting point. So when you when you start a job, do you want to be
1: the do you want to be the, the dishwasher all your life, or do you want to run the store? It's just, it just depends on what you want to do. If you want to be a dishwasher, of course, yeah, you can try to get in your state. You can try to be a radio personality. You can go to you can go to concerts and, and be an MC and all that. but If that's the level you want to be at. Then that's where you will be at. But if you want to be a, a star, a movie star, a TV star, a big personality, you have to step out your comfort zone. It's not in your town. I promise you that.
0: No, no, no. It, it, and so okay. See, that's the part where we I, I, we agree, but my my take is technology takes you outside of your town and it puts you all over the world. Well, give me a, give me an example of somebody who's doing it um country wayne the comedian uh country wayne but country wayne is not a movie star he's not a tv star he's a he's a he's a
1: he's a social media uh star
0: okay okay um okay i'm gonna give you another name damn uh damn what is his name uh woody is it woody something well, if you don't know him, I don't know him. <laughs> no, nah, you know him because he play, he played, he he was Bobby Brown in New Edition.
1: Okay, then so that's what it is. So this I don't know his name, but even though even that, I can guarantee Woody you. Woody McLean, not.
0: I think that's his name, Woody McLean.
1: Okay. Well, either either way, I can guarantee you he's not he's not living in the same city he grew up in. And no, he, did, he not. He not. I, Okay, this, this, so this goes back to my point. You have to step out your comfort zone because everything is not happening where you stay at. That's what I, that's what I mean by even with all the technology. I, hey, we may come to we may come to your town and do a film, but we're going to bring so much revenue and so much and so much attention to your town to film that movie that your town has never seen that before. And Hollywood, you see it every day. You could turn the corner and there's a production going right around the corner from your house. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like a mom and pop shop. If you got the only mom and pop shop in Kentucky, okay, don't everybody don't know you. But if I if I got ten of those mom and pop shops, then the, and it's the same brand, then it's almost a franchise. It's something totally different than being in Kentucky and having one mom and pop shop and taking that mom and pop shop to LA and opening up ten mom and
0: pop shops. Yeah. Okay. Ah, for the sake of us being lame, because I'm gonna get that one. Okay. Yeah, I, I know it's hard. to get
1: up. I know. I already know it's in your blood.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you out of here on this question. Um, you've done, you know, you've done some great things. You've accomplished some great things. Is there one thing that you are really, the proudest that you've achieved?
1: I am super proud that I have awesome relationships with all my kids. Throughout whatever trial or whatever I've done in life, wherever I've been in life, my relationship with my kids are immeasurable. They are, they can't be, it can't be weighed on no money scale. It, it's, it's something that only I and God know what it means to me. And so, and so that's my biggest accomplishment. It's not, I'm not into material stuff. I, I've had, I've had material things most of my life. I've, I've seen things. I, I'm able to eat what I want. I can, I can have steak if I want steak. So I can, go to the, I can go to the store and buy a pair of shoes if I want to. But those things don't mean anything once, you, once you've been able to do that. And especially when you come from that. And I come from where I couldn't have steak. Or I come from when I couldn't buy a pair of shoes. So once you attain that, then you realize that's not all about life. You realize that you always, family is important. This is important, talking to you. You know, uh, building our relationship you know because you know that's the, to me that's that's what moves me I'm, I'm i'm moved by family and love of family that's what i'm moved by
0: mm. hey i'm i'm truly grateful and truly thankful that you took the time to do this man and and i just want to say i love you and i'm so proud of everything you've accomplished
1: and hey man i love you too and you know that and uh i'm glad we got a chance to do it and, and if there's a part 2 or something or bigger things i'm
0: i'm here for you I definitely appreciate it. And again, I just wish you all the best. Thanks, cousin. All right. I want to take the time to thank everyone who listened to the podcast. I truly appreciate your support. You can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore Lamp. My Facebook is also conversations with Lamp. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Again, thank you all for listening. Have a great day.